you for him and thank you for the Holy Spirit that leads and guides us to all truth. Now, Lord, you preach for me. Sit me down and you stand up. Let your love and kindness shine through. Now may the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, you're our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Uh, giving honor to God, to Pastor Emeritus, Pastor Davis, to the ministers, family members, and friends. Happy am I to be here to share with you what the Lord has shared with me. To my beautiful wife, Patricia, my two sons, and my daughter who's away in college. I'm glad to be here once more again. I have a, a young drummer. Last time I saw him, <laughs> he's a big drummer now, amen. Amen, God bless him. He's a Sox student, as a matter of fact. Yeah, graduated from PV as well. Yeah, you know it, amen. <laughs> Thank God for growth here, amen. There is a word from the Lord. If you will, get your Bibles. And turn with me to John chapter 12. A very familiar passage of scripture. John chapter 12. I'll be reading from the New International Version, the NIV version. John chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Those who have it, say amen. amen. As you get it, you may stand to read another word. John chapter 12. A familiar face in the audience, a very familiar individual. I think it's my father in the ministry that came to look in on his son. Amen. You're more than welcome to come. If you like, we have a seat for you. Amen. God bless my daddy in the ministry. Amen. Yeah. He says, study. Amen. John chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. He says, six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus has raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Before our good and gracious God. Then Mary took a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume, and she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. The thought for this text is an outpouring before Passover. An outpouring before Passover. How many people love family gatherings? Anyone? Amen. Amen. How many people love a get together? Amen. We love a family reunion, don't we? Amen. 
We love a family function. It doesn't matter what the occasion is or who it's for or how or why. We love family gatherings. We love to fellowship with our family and our friends. And it could be in town or out of town. It don't matter. It could be a birthday. It could be Christmas, Kwanzaa. It could be uh, New Year's. We love a family function. It could be Easter or Mother's Day or graduation. It could be uh, kindergarten, uh, high school, or even college. We love to come together as a family to celebrate. It could be Father's Day, a baby shower, or the fourth, or even a game night. It could be anytime, anywhere. Nowadays, it could be on Zoom. It could be morning or afternoon. But how many people know that a five-year-old child's birthday party can soon evolve into an adult event. <laughs> we love a family get-together. Yeah, the baby got the cake, but we're going to have fun. Yeah. At the get-together, people will bring their favorite foods and their favorite dishes and their sweets to eat and to share. But please understand, this is not time for you to practice. Not at the family function. This is not time for you to try that new recipe you found on Pinterest. Uh, this is not time for the novice. This is not time for the mere beginner. At the family function, you got to bring your A-game. Yeah, we got granddad and papa and uncle and big cubs on the grill. Yeah, we got in the, in the house, we got granny, auntie, and mama, and big sister in the kitchen. You got to bring your A-game. And Now, the suggested time was 1 p.m. The suggested time. The people who I know, the people who I know and love, the ones that look like me, the ones of Ebony Hue, they operate under a different time frame, don't they? They operate under a different time, and it's a phenomenon. It's called, um, you heard, CP time, yeah. Yeah, we love to get together. And a lot of things are happening at the family function. We have the cousins and the kiddos on the inside. We have uh, video games. and They're playing the Nintendo Switch, the PlayStation 4, or the Xbox, or whatever. Or they're going outside. They got dominoes, and we got spades, and they got that new long game. It's a long game called Phase 10. I'm still on Phase 1, and it's five years later. And that other game that's very colorful, it's a very uh, complex game. As simple as that game is, it is uh, it's called Uno. How many, know, uh, how many people know that a, a game of Uno can really get really real, real quick? Yeah, I thought I was matching colors and numbers, but it's not working out for me. But family, please uh, understand this. They see, I love playing games every now and then, but it's the winning part that eludes me. Yeah, I struggle. I may lose, but it's going to be a hard win for you. We love a family function. In our text, it's Passover season. And people everywhere are gathering together to celebrate. Yeah, it's Passover season. It's like the 4th of July or Mardi Gras or, or a Juneteenth. And the people are gathered to remember the great things the Lord has done for them. And if you can recall, in the book of Exodus, there was, they had their inaugural Passover day. Uh, the first day of Passover, when they went, underwent 400 years of slavery down in Egypt. They lived in a land called uh, a Goshen. 
And during and when this was happening, when they was about to get their freedom, Egypt underwent nine plagues. And the tenth plague was the death angel was going to come through and take out their firstborn. The death angel was coming to take their son, coming to bring fear, coming to bring anxiety, coming to bring helplessness, coming to bring hopelessness. Oh, but they heard a word. Oh, the Moses, the man of God, gave them a solution. He gave them some good news. That's all we need sometimes, don't we? In this life, all we need is a word. All we need is a word, a word from the Lord. A word would change everything. A word would change our perspective. A word would change our heart, change our mind. And in the book of Exodus, it changed their trajectory. It went from, they went from slavery to freedom. Is there one person here that'll testify? I didn't come to church just to see or be seen. I came for a word. I didn't come because I was bored. I came for a word. Not to waste some time. I came for a word. Yes, friendship is fine. Yes, fellowship is fine. But I came for a word. Yeah. That Logos word, huh? That rhema word, that in-season word, that powerful word. The Bible said our word is a lamp unto, y'all better help me preach it, and a light unto my path. They that hunger and thirst at the righteousness shall be filled. Yeah, on that night, the elders got a branch of hyssop, and they sprinkled the blood of the lamb. I hear my pastor telling me, sprinkle the blood of the lamb over the doorpost. Uh, so the death angel can pass over them. And on that night, that was the first night of Passover, the death angel did pass over them. Is there one person in this room that can testify when they placed the blood of the lamb over the doorpost of their life, the, the, the death angel, sin and death passed over them, passed over their children, passed over their homes, passed over their sadness. I stopped by to tell you the blood still works. Y'all not praying with me. If it had not been, for the Lord who is on my side. Tell me where, where would I be? Passover was a national occasion. It was a national event. Everybody everywhere um, was, had, was in a festive mood. Where in our text, it was a personal celebration. Yeah. It was real personal. Something They was there for something else, and they was there for someone else. If you've been in church for a short while, you can recall the story of Lazarus, don't you? In the previous chapter, in John chapter 11, Mary and Martha was in a dilemma. The previous chapter, chapter 11, Mary and Martha was in a sad, solemn situation. Their brother Lazarus was sick. Yeah, his fever was high. He had the cold sweats. So they called on Jesus. Oh, y'all don't know when to shout. Is there somebody here that, that'll be a, a witness and that'll encourage somebody that the first person you should call on is Jesus? Yeah, yeah. Not the doctor, not the lawyer, not mama, or not even your friend. Matter of fact, don't even look on Google or WebMD. You should call on Jesus. Yeah, and when you call him, he will answer. 
Uh -huh. He's a doctor that never lost a patient. The saints say, call him up. Call him up. Tell him what you want. Uh, but Y'all know the story, but when they called on him, Lazarus' situation went from bad. Y'all better help me preach. It went from bad to worse. The Bible said he died. Oh, my goodness. Have you ever been there? Y'all better help me preach. Have you ever been there? As soon as you start reading your Bible. Your situation goes from bad to worse. As soon as you start praying regularly, it went from bad to worse. Uh, you get more bad news or, you, or your bills start mounting up. Your grades start slipping. You may not say it out loud because you don't want your pew partner to know. But as soon as you get alone, as soon as you get in your car, you have a real talk with Jesus. Say, Lord, I thought. I thought I was blessed. I thought I was highly favored. Then the Bible, Lazarus is dead. Mary and Martha, what are you going to do now? Well, I like this King James Version. It says a little different. Uh, it says he's been dead for four days. King James says he stinketh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. In comes Jesus. He tells the sisters, Mary and Martha, you'll see him again. They're like, yeah, at the great getting up morning. Yeah, Jesus, yeah, Lord. When the, when, the, when the clouds are cracked in the sky, in the sweet by and by, we'll see him again at the resurrection. Y'all know how this story goes. What was his response? Jesus said, I am, you must not know about me. I am the resurrection. In other words, I am the alpha. I am the omega. I am the beginning. I am the end. Jesus came to that graveyard and he said, Lazarus, come forth. And here he comes. Is there one person here that testify that when somebody wrote you off, when the world walked away from you, when your friends walked away from you, left you for dead, counted you out, Jesus then called your name, said, child, wake up. Resurrected your circumstance, resurrected your spirit, and because of Jesus, they were here. And because Jesus, we are here. It's because of his grace and his, his mercy. There's an outpouring before Passover. Look at John 12, verse 3. Look at John 12, verse 3. It says, then Mary took a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet. Now, the Bible is not clear as to who bought the perfume. It doesn't say. We don't know if uh, it was given to her. The Bible doesn't say. Uh, we don't know if it was passed down from generation to generation. The Bible doesn't say. Maybe um, she got a little extra money uh, and she went to the mall to Macy's or to Neiman Marcus or Amazon Prime to get it the next day. Y'all not praying. The Bible didn't say. But what it does say is that perfume, y'all better help me, was expensive. It said a year's salary. Nowadays, a year's salary 
is expensive. That is forty-two to fifty-four thousand dollars. That's some expensive smell good. <laughs> now, normally, when you get some expensive perfume or cologne, you kind of lightly dab, you know, just a little bit. You know, you don't want to waste it all on you, you know. But she poured it. Uh, if I can, can I teach you for a little bit? This lavish perfume is being poured out is symbolic of worship. It's symbolic of the heart overflowing with love to an ever-living and ever-loving God. She poured it. The Greek word for the actual or spignard is called pistisnard. Pistisnard, or, or the Greek root word is pistis means faith. Let me rewind, place, play. All right, here we go. The Greek root word for pistisnard is pistis means faith. So by faith, she poured. By faith, she worshiped. By faith, she believed in the King of Kings. By faith, she believed in the Lord of Lords. Ah, the Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Is there some faith walkers in here? For we walk by faith and not by sight. People of God, before we go to the Lord's table, there are a few things that I noticed about the text. There's a couple of things that I have observed while studying this text. And that is, this is my first point, worship is inclusive. Somebody say inclusive. Yeah, worship is inclusive. The Bible says she poured it on Jesus. Well, but if you look closer to the text, if you look real close to it, it didn't say she poured it on herself. She poured it on yeah, on Jesus. She didn't pour it on her brother. She poured it on Jesus. She didn't pour it on her, her sister Martha. She poured it on Jesus. Oh, we as a people, we get the inclusiveness of worship confused sometimes. Oh, y'all not praying with me. Um, the issue is that we tend to pour our worship on people and not God. Oh, did you hear what I said? Yeah, let me, let me rewind, let's play. Oh, the issue is we tend to pour our worship on people and not God. Fellas, we love our wives, don't we? Yeah, we love to, how they cook and how they take care of us and how they pray for us. Oh, but if we're not careful, we tend to pour our worship on our wives and not God. Ladies, you love your husbands, don't you? Yeah, amen. All right, how they take care of you, how they protect you, how they cook for you, how they, how they uplift you and encourage you. Uh, but if we're not careful, we tend to put our worship on our husbands and not God. We love our family. We love our friends. and We love our acquaintances. And if we're not careful, we'll put our worship on people and not God. We love the choir. Uh, they sung wonderfully today, but, uh, but if we're not careful, we'll put our worship on the choir and not God. We love our preachers. And if we're not careful, we'll put our worship on the preacher and not God. And Mary poured her worship on Jesus. Worship is inclusive. She poured it on Jesus. Now, what was the vessel that the oil was in? What is it called? What is it? it starts with an A. It's some kind of jar or a box. Alabaster. Come on, that's right. Alabaster. 
Now, the alabaster itself is a fragile vessel. Hmm. It is a soft mineral. And in order for the contents to come out, in order for the oil to flow, that box had to be broken. Oh, did you hear what I said? In order for that worship to flow, in order for that praise to pour out, that alabaster box has to be broken. Some people come to church unbothered, unscathed, and unbroken. And they leave the same way they came. But some of us come to worship soft, fragile, and broken. But we still come ready to worship. Somebody knows what I'm saying. I'm here, but I'm broken. I'm here, but I have a broken heart. I'm here, I have a broken family. I'm here with a confound mind. Don't judge them and don't talk about them. How many people know that a, a humble spirit and a contrite heart God will not despise? And she poured it all on Jesus. Oh, but here she is. Once again, hey, she didn't pour it on them. She didn't pour it on her friends. She said, it's me. It's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Now, scholars say that they were at Simon's house, Simon the leper, or at somebody else's house that Jesus helped along the way. Now, one thing that is custom that the host, as the people come in, the host would uh, anoint the people as they come in. The host would do it. But the Bible says it's different. She said, the Bible says she poured it. Oh, my goodness. Uh, she didn't have her brother do it for her. She poured it. She didn't have Martha, her sister, come out the kitchen and do it for her. She poured it. She didn't have the host do it for her. She didn't have the, the servants uh, break the vessel for her. She broke it and poured it out herself. She wanted to worship Jesus herself. Is there one person here that said, I'm willing to praise God myself? I don't need any help. I don't need a shock you. I don't need somebody to tell me to sit up and get down. I'm going to worship him myself because he saved me. He healed me. He healed my body and told me to run on. He said, I looked all over, couldn't find nobody. I searched high and low, still couldn't find nobody. Nobody greater than you. Yeah, I'm going to pour worship on Jesus myself. Worship is inclusive. and So inclusive, the Bible says that the aroma filled the house. How many people know that, that your worship and your praise is a sweet-smelling savor unto the Lord? How many people know when you worship God, when you give that, that praise, that, 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 high, that high praise from your heart, that worship will fill the house? When you get excited, that worship spreads. When you catch on fire for God, somebody else will catch on fire. When God has been good to you, you can't keep it yourself. You can't sit on your praise. You get, it's get contagious. Everybody gets some of it. When you worship, everybody gets blessed. When you sing, somebody gets blessed. When you pray, somebody gets blessed. Everybody gets a little bit of 
prophet. Your family uh, gets blessed. Uh, your friends uh, gets blessed. Your co-workers gets blessed. The aroma of praise uh, fills the house. The uh, testimony uh, fills the house. Uh, your witness uh, fills the house. Your hallelujahs uh, fills the house. Uh, it goes from one room to another room. Uh, to another room, into another room. Don't just stand there. It says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. As I look back over my life and I think things over, I can truly say that I've been blessed. I am a living testimony. My goodness, my goodness, Galilee. We got a problem here. Look at verse 4. We got a problem. It's very clear. <laughs> Somebody saw it. Judas objected. When worship is inclusive, but also, this is my second point, your worship will be interrupted. Somebody say interrupted. Yeah, get this objection, or should I say interruption, came from a person who's been walking with the Lord a long time. Judas interrupted. Now, keep in mind, Judas was called by Jesus before. This, is all, this happened all before the crucifixion. So, at that point, nobody thought that it was Judas that was going to betray him. So, at that time, in the text... He was seen as a believer like everyone else. So he was a preacher that interrupted her worship. He served on the board, but he interrupted her worship. Church-going, Bible-toting believer, but interrupted. A saint interrupted her worship. You are giving it your all and lifting up holy hands, doing, it, doing the best you can, giving God your best. And here they come objecting. Here they come interrupting. Why are you doing that? We don't do that here. And why are you so loud? Why are you always shouting? Judas objected. Her worship was interrupted. How many people know that when your worship is interrupted, they're trying to distort or discourage your purpose? Yeah, they're trying to derail your mission. They're trying to distract you. And, but Jesus objected because uh, he interrupted because he knew her past. Yeah. Yeah, some people would try to distract you or discourage you because they know your past. They know my past. They know where you're from. And they know who your family are. And they know who you ran with. But the Bible says this. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Worship is all inclusive. Worship is interrupted. But here's my last point and my third final point before we go to the table. Worship, your worship will be intervened. Verse 7. See, at dinner, Jesus was silent. Mary was worshiping. Jesus is silent. Oh, but when Judas objected, what does verse 7 say? It said, Jesus said. Y'all yeah. missed it. Oh, Jesus spoke. He was quiet the whole time. But when the enemy came and objected her, he spoke. Aren't you glad that the Lord still speaks? Aren't you glad 
that he still speaks for you. Aren't you glad that he intercedes for you? He, her praise was interrupted, but her worship is now intervened. God speaks. Aren't you glad that happens? Because right now, Jesus is intervening for you and for me. How was that done? Over 2,000 years ago. Jesus came down 40 in two generations. He, he lived a sinless life. He was born of a virgin under the law. He healed the sick and raised the dead. And he caused the blind to see. And uh, he was able to help the hindered. And he was able to lift up the downtrodden. But they got mad at him. And they had him march on Calvary's hill with that old rugged cross. They put nails in his hand and nails in his feet. And they hung him high and they stressed him wide. He gave up the ghost and there he died. And then the soldier put a spear up inside. Out came blood and water. I got a question in here. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, what precious is that flow that can make me white as snow. No other fountain. I know nothing but the blood of Jesus. But I hear my papa say Friday night he put him in a bar tomb. But my daddy say he, when he borrows something, you got to give it back. Because early, early, early Sunday morning he got up with all power in his hand. And Papa says, on Jordan's stormy banks I stand as I cast a wistful eye to Canaan's fair and happy land. That's where my possessions lie. I'm bound. Yeah, I'm bound. I'm bound for promised land. Your worshiper is intervened. He said, leave her alone. He, when he spoke, he said, leave her alone. The Bible says we have a great high priest. The Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard. We have an interventor. We have someone to intercede. He said, leave her alone. When we worship, he intervenes. When you pray, he intervenes. When you seek his face, he intervenes. When you call on him, yeah, he intervenes. Jesus stepped in there and said, leave her alone. Galilee, I hear him saying, leave my children alone. Leave my family alone. Leave your house alone. Your finances alone. But one more thing. One more thing. While he was trying to interrupt, Mary kept pouring. Y'all don't know your shock. Y'all not praying with me. When he was trying to distract her, when he was trying to disrupt her, she kept pouring. Is there one person here that'll testify when you're distracted, uh, when the ops are coming in, uh, when them haters are coming in, you keep pouring. Yeah. Keep worshiping. I'm here to encourage you, family, to keep on worshiping. Keep on pouring. Oh, my God. Family, keep pouring. Ushers, keep pouring. Deacons, keep pouring. Preachers, keep pouring. Keep worshiping, Galilee. Keep singing.
singing. Keep outreaching. Keep fellowshipping. I may have problems, but I keep pouring. Situations, I keep pouring. Sickness in my body, yeah, I keep pouring. Struggles, stars may rise, winds may blow, may rock me from one side to side. Lift up your head, oh ye gates. Be lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall, yeah, shout, yeah, come in. Who is, I say who is, who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, mighty in battle, keep on praying, keep on, let everything that has breath, Praise the Lord. What you know about Jesus? He's all right. What you know about him? He's all right. Yeah. You may have a few haters. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I hear the psalm say, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Fall fresh on you. Fall fresh on you. Worship is all inclusive. It be interrupted. But thank God, your worship will be intervened. Leave her, leave y'all alone. May God bless you. May he keep you. I love you. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Oh, lift your hands and say, Thank, thank you, Lord. Oh, oh, I just want to say. Mighty God. Oh, you've been so good. Thank you, Lord. You've been you've been so good. You've been come. so good. Y'all come. Oh, you've been so good. You've been a. Oh, you ought to come. Oh, I just want to say. You ought to come. You ought to come. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Come on. Oh, say you made a way. 
Davis wanted to give a testimony, so we want to give him that opportunity before we go to the Lord. To God be the glory. Great thing he has done. I don't really know exactly where to start this morning. I just start at some spot. 
Uh, Friday was the first time I was in the sanctuary in over a month. Um, the last stint in the hospital was five days. About a month or so before that, five days. Uh, they drew, I think, two pints, two gallons of whatever fluid, gallons off my body. Um, my regular weight has fluctuated from the time I got out of home. I usually weighed about 175. I've been as high as 205. But I was around 180 something when I went in the hospital. And I dropped about 30 pounds. Uh, clothes just fall off of me like they're hanging on a rack or something. A couple of days ago, I was having some major problems in my chest. Physical pump was just hurting, just aching. I didn't really tell anybody what was going on, but it was really painful. The last time it happened, they sent me to the hospital, and that's what they admitted me for, and they found out that the fluid was messing up things internally. So where do I start again? Goodness of God. Friday, I was here briefly for Sister Darden's home-going service. And I had an appointment with the doctor, cardiologist, and I had to leave before Reverend Jones delivered the eulogy. Saturday, yesterday, right? I was at Pilgrim Rest because I was on program. Dear friend of mine, Melvin Bookman, we used to sing together by Mariah. I did his wedding here in the sanctuary, and his wife wanted me to be there. So even though I wasn't feeling well, I went anyway. And then when I got home yesterday, I thought everything was probably going to get better, but it didn't. Anyway, I went to bed with swollen legs and swollen feet. But I woke up this morning, and I didn't have a pain in my body. I told the wife, I'm going to, I'm going to church. And even if I had pain, I can stay at home and hurt, or I can sit in the house of God and hurt. What I've decided I've decided that I'm going to wear out rather than rust out. I started this journey preaching, and that's the way I'm going out. I, I, I was in a church of uh, February, I think it was, St. Mark, and uh, did a little preaching over there. I was scheduled to preach at my Hebrew. My Hebrew got sick and couldn't go, and my son-in-law had to go in my place. So what's your testimony? What's your testimony, Davis? I stood in this pulpit 41 years and five months. And I told you we had an able God. You saw him bring me through cancer. I told you from this pulpit, cancer doesn't have me. I have cancer. God brought me through cancer. 
you saw me have a back operation, and I couldn't walk. Reverend Jones is a witness that I couldn't. Reverend Jones and Brother Green drugged me out of my house. Two weeks later, I was back in the pulpit trying to preach. If I tell you have faith in God no matter what, you ought to see it in me. God has brought me through some stuff already. And he's going to keep on bringing me through some stuff until he get through with me. And when I wear completely out and you roll me in here, that's not the end of me. That's the beginning of the greater length. Because when this old body that you can't patch on anymore, he's already prepared a new house in a new place, in a better place. Don't worry about me. So the next time you see me walking, you ought to be at home resting. I'm already resting because I found a resting place a long time ago. That resting place has a name. His name is still Jesus. And he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above anything. That you may ask or think. Amen. Amen. Has everybody been served? Everybody has their element? Okay, okay. All right. Okay. find in the book of Acts 20 and 7. Upon the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them and ready to depart on tomorrow. He continued to speak until midnight. We also find in the book of St. John 6 and 53. When Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink of his blood, you have no life in you. We find also in the book of 1 Corinthians Chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Let every man examine himself. And so let him eat at that bread and drink at that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eats and drinks damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For those who desire communion, you should have an element in your hand. 
But everything on this table is representing a symbolic of Christ. The wood, the cross, silver represents uh, redemption and salvation. And of course, the bread, the white is the purity and the bread and the blood of the lamb. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we come thanking you that we're able to come together as a church family to commune once again. We pray that each person takes it with a clean heart and a pure mind. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. He said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Eat, ye all of it. In the same manner, he took the cup and said, this is my blood, which is shed for you. Drink, ye all of it. And after that, they went to the Mount of Olives, and they sung a hymn. Shall we pray? We thank you for your, for your sacrifice, Jesus. We thank you for redeeming us. We thank you when worship is inclusive and interrupted. We have an intercessor who intervenes for us. Now may the grace of our Lord and sweet communion of the Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide in henceforth, Father, be with us all till we meet again. May the church say... May God bless you.